Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Back when Baylor played Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl, Neil McCready was somebody that we got to know discussing that game, but also Ole Miss even after that, and he joins us on 365 Sports. Neil, what a, a busy time. Ole Miss is rolling in the transfer portal recruiting elsewhere. Um, We're going to get to Spencer Sanders in a moment. I just saw the note. Lane Kiffin now gets himself a contract extension. Is it about as good as it can get right now for them? Uh, Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, there's kind of only one place they can go from here, and that's into the playoffs. And they're clearly pushing all of their chips in and attempt to do that next season. But, yeah, at this moment, I mean, when you look at the last three years for this program, they've won – 28 games and uh, two access bowls. As you know, they played Baylor in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago, and now they're in the Peach Bowl this year against Penn State and uh, won 10 games for the second time in three years. They did that a couple of years ago when they played Baylor, like I mentioned, and uh, have a chance to get 11 wins for the first time in program history in the same season. And Kiffin's got it going. Nobody – Nobody works the portal better than he does. I'm sure there's some that maybe work it as well, but nobody works it better than he does. And he's starting to recruit at the high school level better. And, uh, yeah, they've locked him up. I think he's happy. Um, you know, I think he, when he first got here, he had a certain degree of wanderlust. And I think he kind of wondered if the program could get to this place. And, and it has. And I think he's, he's more content. I don't know that Lane's a particularly content person by nature, but I, I, I that's probably the wrong word. I think he's more. Uh, I think he's more optimistic that that he can do big things here, and it helps that they're going to a 12-team playoff next season. And um, yeah, kind of everything. Everything is pointing in the right direction for them. What is the latest on Walter Nolan possibly joining that massive uh, class of transfers, especially the the two they already have on the defensive line? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I wish I could get it answered so that I could stop. <laughs> Uh, stop having to write about it and talk about it because, <laughs> honest to God, I'm kind of ready for a break. But, um, you know, I think they lead. Um, I think if it were up to Walter, if it were up to his mom, it would be done. Uh, Ole Miss has put together a uh, very significant NIL offer. I think it's significantly higher than any other offer that I know of. I know there were some rumblings last night about Georgia. I don't think that's as serious as some people were uh, were intimating that it might be. There's still some talk about Texas A&M, though when I talk to people who were sort of around it, they don't really buy that. Um, it sounds like everybody would sort of prefer to kind of go in a new direction with Texas A&M making a change and uh, all of those things. So at the end of the day, I mean, look, I, I think it's easy for fans, not you not you guys, but it's easy for fans to go, oh, Wednesday's signing day. He's got to go ahead and do this. I mean, he could wait till a month from now and, and you know, start school and wherever that is and, and uh, go through spring and be ready to 
to go in the fall. And Walter Nolan doesn't need spring for what that's worth. I mean, he technically could wait even longer than that. But um, I, I, there was an expectation here that there would be resolution here pretty quick. And others think that he'll take another visit or two in January. The, the portal, the visit window opens up the 3rd through the 7th, I think. If you're a mid-year enrollee, and he is one, and he can still take other visits. He went to Oregon. He went to Ole Miss. There's talk that he could take another visit or two. Um, but, look, this, most of these decisions are, are NIL-based, and, and um, I would have to think that if the numbers I've heard on Ole Miss are right, and I suspect they are, that that would be a pretty tough, pretty tough offer to top. Neil, I mean, looking at uh, the transfer rankings right now, they've got, what, three of the top 20, four of the top 30. I mean, DeCamry and Richardson. Uh, you also had, uh, what, Tyler Barron there, Princely Human Melan, um, and Juice Wells. I mean, uh, uh, as this thing just continues to stack up and potentially get even bigger, but what has stood out to you as far as their acquisitions and uh, which one kind of, I, I guess, uh, is the, the biggest one in the eyes of, of Ole Miss fans right now? Yeah, you know, I can't speak to what the fans think, but um... – to me, it's pretty obvious that you know they went to uh, they went to Georgia. I guess they were eight and one, and highly ranked, you know, highly anticipated game against the two-time defending national champs. And the truth is that they got their ass kicked at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> and and they saw it. You know, I mean, it was one of those deals where it's like it's like that moment where you you get up and you put your pants on and they don't fit. And, and you can you say, hey, did you put these in the dryer or, or what? Happened? No, man, you got fat, and and you got to lose weight, and and that's it. they had that moment of reality on that day that, hey, we have hit this 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 plateau on this tier of college football, and it's good, but it's not title contending good. You're playing a title contender, and you're just getting your ass kicked at the line of scrimmage defensively. And what has stuck out to me is they went out and they got an SEC linebacker from Arkansas. They got SEC defensive linemen from Tennessee and Florida. Um, They got DBs from Oklahoma and Tennessee and Indiana and Illinois. They went out and got Power 5, major conference, experienced veteran dudes with size that can match up better the next time they're in that situation. And the truth is they want and intend to be in that situation next year. Now, will they be? I don't know. But that's what they anticipate. That's what they, they're planning on. And they it's why they want Walter Nolan so bad. It's why that they have such a significant NIL offer on the table for him. Is They need that talented, elite, defensive interior guy that can hold his own against a big, dominant offensive line like the one that Georgia had that mutilated them tonight in Athens. Neil, was this past season a wasted year for Spencer Sanders and now he's done? Yes. Yes. It was the craziest, dumbest, most idiotic thing I've ever seen. I don't, I, to this day, I don't understand it. I, I mean, I, I don't even care, and it's almost frustrating. It, it's <laughs> like for him, I mean, it, I don't care. It doesn't do anything to me. I don't have to wink to sleep over it. But I think about it. I'm like, wait. Now, I, he got a good NIL deal. I, I'll, to this moment, I don't know whether Lane Kiffin, you got to go back, right? Because we do the hindsight thing, and it's so easy to go, well, Jackson Dart had a great year. Because he did. He had a great year. 
Jackson Dart didn't finish the 2022 season particularly well. And I think Lane Kiffin got in his feelings a little bit. And they went out and they got Spencer Sanders. They paid him a very nice NIL package. And Spencer got here in January. He wasn't healthy. He had the shoulder injury at Oklahoma State. And he really couldn't go through the spring. I think maybe that they thought Jackson Dart would take his ball and go home, and he didn't. And maybe they were just trying to motivate Jackson. I, I don't know. No one, no one will talk about it, like, at all. And so, but Jackson said, no, it's my job. It's my team. And he proceeded to have a really strong season at Ole Miss. And Spencer stood on the sideline. And when the game ended, he was the first person off the field into the tunnel. And he didn't go to class, and, and which is no surprise to anyone. And he's not on the team anymore. And I, I mean, this was his last year. He could have gone to Auburn and been the starter. He could have mm-hmm. – you can't convince me that he couldn't have gone to Mike Gundy and said, hey, can we hug this thing out? You, there's no way that you can convince me he couldn't have done that. But he could have gone to so many places and been the quarterback. But maybe he just got such an NIL package and he knew the shoulder was hurt. He was like, I'm just going to take the money. I, I don't know. We had we had no media opportunity with Spencer Sanders after about the first week of August. So I, I haven't spoken to him at all since then. And um, this company out of, I can't remember where, they, they had done this NIL deal with him last year to do a, a show before Bedlam. And – they couldn't. They couldn't do it, but they'd already paid him, and so they wanted him to fulfill the contract. And they called me, and they wanted to do the show. And I kept saying, "Guys, previewing the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State." And I was like, "Guys, I, I, what do you want me to talk to him about? I mean, I'm not going to do some fluff show. I mean, if you want me to ask him what happened, why are you here? Do you regret being here? If you could do it over, and like, oh, we don't want that kind of show. I'm like, well, then I'm not your guy." I don't. What do you want me to talk to him about? We'll talk to him about the Egg Bowl, but he doesn't know anything about the Egg Bowl, and he's not going to play. And so it was. It was, it was just a bizarre deal. You know, here's a guy as you well know because you guys are in the Big Twelve. This is the offensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. This is the guy that threw for basically ten thousand yards. I mean, this this guy did things in in one of the top three leagues in the country. And he just sat on the bed. It was bizarre. I'll never really understand it. I mean, it just – and it wasn't like he had time to, to play with. Like you said, he, it was his last year, and he spent it doing that. And, and he couldn't have been happy. It had to be had to have been miserable. And maybe one day he'll talk about it. But it, it it's weird. How do they feel? I mean, they also got Walker Howard in that same portal cycle. And to yeah. me, that would have also, you know, if I'm Lane Kiffin, that probably serves as a little bit of a push to Jackson Dart. Like, look, if you're if you're not good enough, then we're just going to go to the future now, uh, which is Walker yeah. Howard. So, yeah, it just seems to be a waste all around. And they Do they still feel good about Walker Howard as the future of the team? Yeah, I think so. You know, like Luke Altmaier, who finished that, uh, that Sugar Bowl against Baylor, you know, he transferred, he went to Illinois. Um, and so they had to add a quarterback, and it made sense when they had the opportunity to add Walker Howard. And, um, nobody scratched their head at that. It was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. He's a guy for the future, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and then they bring Sanders in at the same time. You're like, I'm baffled now. And then they even added a kid that uh, up to classification, Austin Simmons, who had been committed to Florida. He reclassified. He came in. 
super young kid, a lot of potential. I mean, you, you understood that one too. I mean, you want to stack the room. It just Sanders, Sanders didn't make sense. And, and you know, the explanation was, look, it's our job to put as many good players in one room as possible. And yeah, I get that. But to pretend that the quarterback room is like the defensive line room or the linebacker room is kind of disingenuous, if you ask me. But look, I'm not making nine million dollars a year. And it worked out for uh, for Lane and for Ole Miss. And if the goal was to motivate Jackson Dart and piss him off and get him to play at a really high level, it worked. Neil, uh, when it comes to signing day tomorrow, a lot of these high school players, I mean, a lot of it can get sort of lost these days in the shuffle of the transfer portal and whatnot. But how do they feel about the class they're expecting to bring in with uh, signing day starting tomorrow? This is their best high school class that they've put together since they've been here. You know, Lane got here in December of 19. And you all remember the silliness of the spring of 20. I hope I don't get you in trouble for saying that. I mean, I, I think in hindsight, we can all admit that was sort of ridiculous. But, uh, you know, paralyzed his recruiting for a year, really, year and a half. And, uh, you know, and then he had to throw together a class. This is his first class that he's built off, you know, maybe that 21 season and an access bowl and some stability and, and the Auburn rumors and, and flirtation from last year's behind them. Um, it's, it's a really solid class. They were picky. They didn't take a bunch of people because they know they're going to, they're going to jump in the portal. They're still working on a couple of different guys that one's committed to LSU and uh, one sort of a head to head battle with Mississippi state that could sort of go either way, but they added, some real quality defensive linemen. I think they've got one five-star and maybe 12 four-star prospects, which um, for their standards is a really strong class. And, and But, you know, you're right. The, the crazy thing about it is you, there was a time not so long ago where there would be so much buzz about this recruiting class and signing day and all that stuff. And it's, it's all about Walter Nolan and about what, what they're going to do in the next wave of the portal in January. And uh, Ole Miss has built their program the last two years, especially this past year, through the portal. And it appears to be the, the mode that Lane thinks works the best and that I think Lane's most comfortable with. And I think the fans, for the most part, have pretty much followed suit. That's what they get super excited about is all the portal stuff. On a scale of one to whatever number you want to use, how much was the hiring of Jeff Levy uh, at least noticed in Oxford? (laughs) 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 Uh, I mean, pick a number, and I'll go really close to that number. Um, Lane had, you know, when Lane got here, Mike Leach got the, the Mississippi State job, and they were buddies, and uh, they liked each other, and, and, Lane never really tweeted about Mississippi State. He kind of left him alone. He uh, lost to to, uh, to Mike in what ended up being Mike's last game, God rest his soul. And, and uh, But Lane never really paid a lot of attention to State. Jeff Levy gets the job, and within a day, Lane's dog, Juice, is tweeting about Uncle Jeffrey. And, uh, yeah, they, I mean, I'm going to assume that that wasn't the Labrador Retriever doing the tweeting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it was, then we're completely off the rails. I got to think that was probably Lane. And, uh, yeah, he, he notices him. I, I, I don't think they hate each other or anything like that, but they certainly view the world differently, and they view the job of being a head football coach 
differently and they probably view the way they build programs differently. And I think Jeff felt like, and he's probably right, that he deserved more credit than he got for the way that Ole Miss got off to such a fast start in the Kiffin era. And, um, you know, I don't think they hate each other, but I don't think they exchange Christmas cards either. So, it, yeah, it, it, it's there's more uh, social media uh, animus directed towards Mississippi State now than, than ever before. And Lane just took one of their players out of the transfer portal. If you told me they take another one before it's all said and done, I'd, I'd, I'd believe it completely. Uh, they're recruiting a kid out of Starkville right now, Braylon Burnside. That most people assume will end up at Mississippi State, and, and Ole Miss is very much entered at probably a coin toss here the night before signing day. So, yeah, there's there's a little there's a, there's a little there. Neil McCready with us, Ole Miss, right here on 365 Sports. You know, Neil, we're talking about how the the high school classes almost get overlooked now, and it's going to be you know a change when we look at how bowls look in the future with this expanded playoff. If this were the 12 team playoff this year, I mean, Ole Miss would be right there at that back end, right, uh, buying for mm-hmm. one of those 12 spots. Instead, they're in the Peach Bowl uh, against Penn State. Uh, just what's kind of the feel around uh, you know this upcoming game and expectations is there an excitement is there kind of that lull we've felt with some of these other bowl games how would you describe it yeah it's interesting you know if this were a playoff year they would have been the 11th seed um they'd be playing i think it was at ohio state Mm, in in the first round which you know i think we all would agree that the 12 team playoff is going to be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um you know they got pretty juiced up for the the baylor game two years ago uh against uh in, in new orleans and I think that the way that they lost that game kind of put a bad taste in their mouth. And then last year, you know, they were eight and one and they, they finished the season with three straight losses and, and they had no interest whatsoever in being in the, the Texas bowl. Uh, Texas tech did, and you could see it, um, you know, Texas tech beat the hell out of them really. And Ole Miss didn't really care. Um, this time around, I, I think it's somewhere in between. They're, they're super excited to be in an access bowl. Uh, they're excited about playing Penn State. But I, I get the sense that a lot of their attention right now is, is is more on the future. And I think they'll show up and play the game. Don't get me wrong. I think they'll they'll they want to win it. They want eleven wins badly and all of those things, but uh their their attention is is on the fact that this time next year it'll be a twelve team playoff and if they can do what they did this year and probably do what they did in 2021, they'll make that playoff. And um, they're they're really focusing on building a roster that can be better poised to contend in 2024 than they did in 2023. Hey, man, an exhibition against Penn State, a top-10 team in Atlanta, that's, that's cool and everything. But going and playing the Buckeyes for a chance to advance in a playoff, like that's that's really cool in my opinion. I know everybody's got their different, yeah. their different feelings on the playoff and everything, but that just sounds no. so much nicer, yeah. I mean, that Saturday or whatever, however they do it, two on Friday, two on Saturday, or whatever they do when they play those on-campus games, mm. I mean, those are going to be really cool. I mean, whether those games are in College Station or, you know, Oxford or Columbus or Ann Arbor or Tuscaloosa or Norman or wherever, Waco, wherever the case may be, I mean, hell, that's going to be awesome for the sport. I mean, those, those environments, 
at those respective campuses will be absolutely out of control. It'll be a first, right? And mm-hmm. in college football, you don't you don't get a lot of firsts anymore. I mean, they've been doing this a while. I mean, the first playoff game at Bryant Denny. Can you imagine? Oh man, the first playoff game at Bryant Denny when Michigan comes in there. I mean, that's wild. And then. You know, they'll get the, the national quarterfinal games. I think it's really cool. I love the setup. I mean, I like bowl games fine. But, like, last weekend there were bowl games on TV. I I, I just couldn't make myself turn that stuff on. I, I mean, mm. you're telling me that – I mean, look, I grew up in North Louisiana, so I feel like I can make fun of it. It's not a reward to go spend a week in Shreveport. <laughs> It's not. I grew up in East Texas, so I'm I'm very familiar with Shreveport. I I used to live there. We've all been to the Independence Bowl at one point or another. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I played high school football in that stadium. I mean, I don't know that kids walk in there and go, wow, man, we've arrived at the big time now. I mean, I I, I just – it's fine, but this is good for the sport. This is is good. They – it'd be a lot more fun to see 11-seed Ole Miss go to Columbus and take a shot at, you know, one of the, the two powers of the Big Ten to see what that looked like. It would be a lot more fun to watch, you know, Georgia as a five seed go play a 12 or, you know, a two-lane get a shot at, at, at in Athens. I mean, at least it would have some – like the NFL playoffs start in a couple of weeks. Even if your team's not in it, everybody watches the playoffs. We watch the NCAA tournament. We'll – We'll turn on the NCAA tournament and watch Creighton versus Utah State because it's a bracket. We like brackets. We like tournaments. This, that's just what we are. And the bowls are just these things. And all the players opt out. Who could blame them for opting out? I mean, I can't blame a kid for opting out of a meaningless game when his professional career is right around the corner or he got invited to the senior bowl or, I mean, people go, oh, he owes it to his teammates. I get that. You owe it to yourself and your family. No one's going to opt out of a playoff game. We're going to see teams at their playing at their at their most intense level. Maybe not their best level. Maybe not their healthiest level. But we're going to see them give their most intense efforts, and that's going to be fun to watch. And most of the bowl games, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, Penn State, and Atlanta, it might turn out to be a great game. But at the end of the day, when you're watching the fourth quarter of that game, no one's going to be on pins and needles going, man, there's a lot on the line here. There's nothing on the line there. Nothing really. Now, if it's Ole Miss, Ohio State in a first round game and it's 20 to 17, you know, two and a half to go and Ole Miss takes the ball at their own, at their own 35, trying to drive down and tie it or win it. Everyone's hanging on their feet because the hanging at the edge of their seat because the winner's going to Texas next week, you know, in an, or, you know, to a bowl game to play Texas next week in a national quarterfinal. There is a lot on the line. Which which one's more exciting to you guys? I mean, I know what I know what my answer. Oh, yeah. oh I'm I'm all I'm all for it. Like make it sixteen. I don't care. Let's, yeah, there let's... was there was a time when there were not forty bowl games or forty two where you could get the fifteen or seventeen, and it wasn't three or four in a day until New Year's Day. It's gotten to the yeah. point now. I, I'm like you, Neil. There were games played, and I happened to turn the channel, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them, but. I, oh, there's a bowl game. And it was a great one yesterday while we are on the air. We mentioned it a couple of times. But appreciate your time. Great well, stuff. Well, I'll tell you guys. Let me, let me give you a fast anecdote. You'll, you'll appreciate this. I lost a bet last year, and I had to go to the uh, Potato Bowl in, in Boise. And uh, I had to go, and I couldn't wear a coat or a jacket. I had to go in a T-shirt and sit through the whole game. And um, it was 
Eastern Michigan and San Jose State. And I forgot something at my hotel, called an Uber back to my hotel to get it. And then I'm getting back in and, and I told the guy, he goes, why are you going to the stadium? I said, going to the game. And he's like, what game? And I said, the bowl game. He goes, what bowl game? This is a guy in Boise. We're driving right by the stadium. Um, they had no idea. I mean, they didn't even open the they didn't even open the concession stand on the main grandstand for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl or whatever. I mean, you can't tell me that's super meaningful to to the kids that 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 that's the atmosphere they go to. It's just it's a it's a made for ESPN event, which is perfectly fine. But call it what it is. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate your time. Neil you McCready with us uh, covers Ole Miss for Rivals and, and also his own podcast and much more. We appreciate a lot of the insight from the, like, what the hell was Spencer Sanders thinking to Kiffin's extension, Walter Nolan, and much more. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Oh.